the fact that you were possibly a sex addict was a huge blow to me. I never imagined in my life that that could be a possibility. And I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I didn't want anybody else to know that my husband was a sex addict. To me, that was the ultimate failure of a marriage. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage, or even if you want to? Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are. Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through a commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory. On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. And Happy New Year. Man, this year has just flown by. I know. They seem to go quicker every year. (laughs) Talk about a busy year for us, 2023. It started out at the beginning of the year with a 40-day fast for us. Yes. We were looking for direction, not just for our relationship, but vocationally as we're trying to, in our later years, figure out what to do next as a career. Yes, and so we started a podcast. We did. (laughs) And as most of our listeners already know, we started that on Memorial Day, and it has really kind of just been a blur. Yes, it's gone by so quickly, and it's been pretty exciting to see what God's been doing with this podcast around the world. Yes. And we're so grateful for those who respond and write into us. The stories that we read are so heartbreaking and touching. Right. And we love praying for people who write in. And we've also started coaching now. And our coaching program is taken off. And we're really looking forward to 2024 as a growing year for helping other couples move forward in their relationships with God and each other as they pursue healing and connection. There's nothing greater than feeling a freedom that is not dependent on another person to make you happy. Although when we really achieve that through the way Christ intended it, we get the benefit of doing it with others. Mm -hmm. Just like we've talked about previously, I no longer depend on you for my happiness or my self-worth. I get my self-worth from Christ and for who I am as a person myself. The value that I add to not just this world, but to my family as a father and to you as your husband. Yes, and I no longer have you as the center of my life. Although I adore you so much, God is the center and he's really all I need. And you're just the icing on the cake. (laughs) (laughs) I like that because for the most part, the icing is the best part of the cake. So we do have a review that we want to share with you today. Emily, do you want to go ahead and read that for us? Yes, I do. This review is from MRSR 1967. And it's titled, Hope-Filled Podcast. In this podcast, you will hear the very real and painful story of two people whose life was turned upside down from acts of betrayal and deception. 
Johnny and Emily each share their experiences through the most painful time in their marriage. They do this with authenticity, courage, and overwhelming grace. It's also a testimony of what God did in the hearts and minds of Johnny and Emily that brought hope and healing to them as individuals and ultimately as a married couple. I highly recommend listening in, and I thank God for the Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. These reviews are always helpful to us just to remind us that we are reaching those that we intend. Yes, and actually that God intends. Absolutely. God is doing all the important work behind the scenes. Yes. (laughs) So friends, we invite you to work with us to help you navigate new beginnings in your marriage. Our coaching program is designed to help you uncover God's intended path for both you and your spouse. Let's work together toward healing and restoration so that you can experience the new marriage that God has in store for you. Head on over right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. Emily, when you and I were putting this particular episode together for the new year, we had intended to talk a lot about resolutions. Right. For better, for worse, what resolutions are and what they're not and how they fall short. But it became apparent very quickly that this is not what the Holy Spirit had intended for us. Right. And uh, you remember why that was? Well, it just didn't feel like it was us. On this podcast, we tell our story, and we don't actually even like to do New Year's resolutions. (laughs) No, we've never really gotten into that practice, have we? No. I mean, we'll start some new things once in a while in the new year because it's just a fresh start. You know, it just feels new and fresh, but we don't really make them resolutions. Well, like this year, like we mentioned earlier, we started 2023 with a 40-day fast. Yeah, so I guess we did resolve to not eat anything for 40 days. That was pretty huge. Right, and that purpose was in order to gain some perspective on not just this coming year, but really for our life moving forward. Yes, and so it didn't really feel authentic for us. Yeah, it wasn't coming together at all. No, it wasn't coming together. So we shifted gears and... We just really want to talk about the New Year's new beginnings for marriages after sexual betrayal. And as you and I were rethinking this particular episode, we landed back at that very first New Year after my disclosure, my discovery and then my disclosure, which took us right into the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the whole thing is a blur now that's now in the new year. And... It seems to me, for the most part, the whole theme of the new year, as I've heard it many times, new year, new me, you know, people are trying to better themselves or look forward to a new year, new beginnings, all that. And there wasn't a whole lot of hope, as I remember, going into that year, which would have been January 2019 for us. Right. We were just hanging on by thread trying to survive the devastation that had just been dumped on us. So in the spirit of resolutions, though, didn't we make a resolution at that point? As I remember, one of the first resolutions we made together was that we weren't going to make any permanent decisions about our marital status until we went through our five-day intensive. Yes, that's right. I've talked about this before, but our pastor gave me the option to divorce you three different times. He said I had grounds for divorce. And by the third time, I had answered him, no, and please don't ask me that again, because I was resolved to not divorce you. 
but that was at the very beginning. Was that in the first week? No, because you met with him three different times before Christmas. So one of them was actually after. After the full disclosure, and you had determined that you were not going to divorce me. But I don't think you believed me. No, I didn't believe you. My low self-worth and what I had done, I'm in panic and I'm in alarm, and I can't see any way that you would not want to divorce me. I deserved it. Did I want that? No. So I resolved to do what it took to get out of trouble. Now, that's not the right motivation to begin with, but I will say that it did pan out well. It was a necessary response that got me moving. I was tasked by you to get us into counseling. Mm -hmm. You said, Johnny, we need counseling, and you're the one that's going to get us there. Right. You're going to make all the appointments. You're going to see to it that it gets on our schedule, and you're going to be the one that makes it all happen. That was a boundary that you set. Yes, exactly. I needed to see something on your end that could assure me that you were wanting to work this out. Right. And then during one of our discussions, when our pastor suggested that I might be a sex addict and it would be good for me to look into that, I did. I did look into it and I found Sex Addicts Anonymous. And I resolved to go to my first meeting the first week of January when the meetings resumed. So during that whole first three weeks after disclosure, I had resolved to not divorce you, but I was continually getting hit with new information. Right. It was coming out like a leaky tire. The lies that you were telling me were becoming evident. The fact that you were possibly a sex addict was a huge blow to me. And why is that? I never imagined in my life that that could be a possibility. And I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I didn't want anybody else to know that my husband was a sex addict. I mean, my goodness, to me, that was the ultimate failure of a marriage. And I had prided myself on our marriage. We had that kind of marriage that many envied. And people have told us that over the years. Right. And, um, you know, we were very affectionate in public and we had a lot of fun together. We laughed a lot. We seemed to be on the same page with parenting, and we strove to work on our marriage and went to marriage conferences and, you know, just did all the things. So it was such a shock to me to hear that you had committed adultery, first of all, then the breadth of that with three women over an 11-year period, just trying to absorb that shock, and then finding out that maybe you were a sex addict, which eventually was good news in a way, because then we were able to discover the reasons behind your behavior and really dig down into what your true addiction was and start the healing process. Right. Entering into recovery for sexual addiction was not an excuse or a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's actually been some of the hardest work I've done in my life, second only to the repair work with our relationship. But it took that recovery process that's still ongoing to start to repair the damage done to the marriage through my behaviors in the past. 
and it wasn't only one-sided. I had to go through some recovery myself. I had to go through a lot of healing, and I had to come to a place where I wanted to not just say, this is your problem, you have to fix it. Right. I wanted to partner with you in this recovery process. I wanted to empathize with you and have compassion for you, which I don't think I had in the early years. I was so hurt whenever you would tell me that you had looked at pornography or I had caught you doing it. Those few times that came up, I was so hurt and angry that I couldn't see your side of it. I didn't think there was any excuse. There's really not, but there are reasons. And I didn't really want to hear those. I wanted you to stop. That's all I wanted. Just stop. <laughs> right. I couldn't see that you were hurting underneath it, that you were struggling with something much deeper than that acting out behavior. I loved you with all my heart. But in this arena, the pornography, I didn't have much patience or sympathy for you. And so after this all blew up, God was able to show me that I needed to change my heart towards you in this area. When I decided to extend that compassion and empathy, I think that really accelerated our healing together. Well, I got to tell you that being the recipient of that mercy and that compassion, it was helpful for me too, because you were actually the one who broke the very first lie. And we talked about this in one of our first episodes. The biggest lie that I had inside of me was that if anybody, not just you, Emily, but anybody knew who or what I truly was, that they would get rid of me. They would disown me. They would separate themselves from me, not have anything to do with me, whatever statement was going on inside of my mind. And so there's a tremendous amount of fear. And when you extended mercy and compassion through the process, uh, it was very helpful. And you actually broke that very first and strongest lie by showing me that it wasn't true. You found out the worst parts of me, and you decided to stick it out. And at this point, because it is just the new year that we're speaking of, you didn't know it all yet. More information was about to come, and I was holding on to this tremendous fear that, okay, you're showing me grace and compassion and mercy right now at this point, but you're continuing to ask me questions that I don't want to answer. Mm -hmm. And inside of me, I'm truly trying to protect you from horrible, horrible information. I know now that I was really trying to hide the truth from myself. It turned out that those details I did share were also very damaging to you and haunted you for quite a while and triggered you. Yes, they did. So there was some merit to my fear. But I did need to get all the information out that you were asking me. But I got to tell you, and everybody who's listening, that it didn't make sense. Nobody should want to know the answers to those questions. And I thought you were flat crazy. And it didn't make sense to me. And I fought against it. But through a discussion I was having one evening with my best friend, we came to that conclusion that it was time to tell everything. And he said, if you're going to lose everything, lose it all telling the truth and go down as a man of courage. And those were life-changing words. Yes, that was the turning point, which actually happened during our intensive. It did. 
So our intensive was supposed to be in January, a new beginning, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was postponed until the end of March. Right. We had no control over that, but we had a couple of months of just trying to survive the fallout. Right. And I had resolved to not divorce you, but with every new piece of information, every new punch in the gut, it really tested my resolve. And sometimes I really felt like I couldn't live in the same house with you, even if I didn't divorce you. Yes. You were sleeping in another room at this point. Right. There are lots of uh, angry words. There are lots of tears. So many tears. Lots of slammed doors. Yes. Not the doors of me walking out angry, slamming the door and leaving you behind once again like I used to. But it was... The... It was me slamming the doors and right. saying, I can't look at you. I don't want you anywhere near me. I need to be alone. Right. And then it was me making the choice to sit and wait it out. You might want to call that a resolution. Yeah. I didn't make a formal declaration, but I, with all of my emotional and mental capacity, willed myself to keep my butt in that seat. No matter how many hours it took for you to come out and want to try again to be in my presence and to extend a kind word or just receive being in my presence. Yeah, you were so good at that. Even at the beginning, when you were still in that turmoil, you were still in that confusion and that fear, and you were still lying to me. You did do some very courageous things. And that didn't come naturally for me. Naturally, I would want to run and hide from it, but I had to will myself to stay put. Yes, and we do know that resolutions are an act of the will. Yes. Although we also know that willpower does run out eventually, and so you had to find a greater purpose for waiting me out other than just your willpower. Right. And what was that? Well, honestly, in the very beginning, that was you. I had resolved that I was done purposely hurting you. Now I would just accidentally be doing it from here on. <laughs> well, I was not intending to. Even in my addiction, I was not intending to hurt you. Right. But that's the way it worked out. But I was resolving to be truthful as much as I could at the time while I'm still hiding this information because I don't want you to know the ugly truth. And as we're working it out one day at a time, you know, things are just coming out a little at a time. And I just had to resolve that you were my primary motivation. I had spent 31 years taking everything from you through my behaviors, and now it was time to start giving back. Honestly, that wasn't in my nature either, and that had to come from God himself. Because I don't know where else it could have come from. Why all of a sudden, after years of hiding and years of running away, do I all of a sudden seem to have this miraculous capacity to stay put? It's because the power of God was there working in me, but I had to make the choice to engage in it mm -hmm. because through my years of addiction, the Holy Spirit was whispering to me all the time. There is another way, Johnny. You don't have to do this. Your wife is at home and she loves you. This is destroying you. All of those whispers were there. It was God telling me that he loves me. And what he wants was all of me, even my sin. And I was hiding. And I wouldn't give any of that up. 
And so it was making that decision to start leaning into that because I have the capacity to ignore the Holy Spirit and do what I want to. Mm -hmm. But I also have the capacity to lean into what the Spirit is saying and move forward in obedience to God. And that's where true repair, true recovery, and true restoration comes in a relationship is when I make the choice to surrender and to surrender everything. Mm-hmm. I have had many discussions with men on this concept of surrender, and it's a hard one because it can come out making you feel like you're a whipped puppy, that you just have to submit yourself to being the whipping boy and take all the punishment. And to a certain extent, there's some truth in that. But if you do it under the understanding that I caused your pain, so that when I look at you and see that you're in pain, I can understand that I did it. And in knowing that, I can come to terms with the fact that you hurt because of what I did. And rightly so, you should hurt because you're a normal human being who experiences pain and is allowed to have your own emotions. Yes, and betrayal is one of the worst things a person can go through. Jesus himself experienced betrayal. Yes, he understands exactly how it feels. That's right. Those who pledged to stay closest to him, the most vehement of them all, the Apostle Peter, all words, very boisterous, he deserted him, denied him, denied him vehemently with curses. That's not a position anybody wants to be in. No. But I just wanted to finish that thought, is that as we read it in Scripture, Jesus looked at him after that last denial. And I can only imagine that there was nothing but love and acceptance in Jesus' eyes. Yes. But in his humanity, he was hurt by the betrayal. And we can never forget that. He hurt like we hurt. So, Johnny, sexual betrayal in marriage is such a devastating thing. How does a couple look forward with hope to a new beginning after sexual betrayal? I think that's probably the question that most people ask and they want to have an answer to. And so I will tell you what our answer is for that. And it is in scripture, but it also comes through a book that you and I were gifted a couple of years back titled Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. And it was such a wonderful explanation of our relationship with God with respect to us being with him and not what we do for him. There's a key passage in the book that's central to the whole theme out of John 15, verses 4 through 6, that says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes. So I'm suggesting that that is our hope. We need to remain in him. Just as the branch is attached to the vine and the branch gets its life from the vine through the sap that flows through it, that's exactly the work of the Holy Spirit when we stay attached and we abide in Christ, when we're connected to him on a daily basis, that his lifeblood, his life force, his life-giving presence can flow through us 
and through that we will bear fruit. I think the context of the scripture we use so many times in our church context as bearing fruit for ministry, but I'm suggesting here that it bears fruit for our relationships. God is all about relationship. That's why he sent his son to die for us so that we would be in relationship with him again. And you said that correctly. You said be in relationship again. He created us in the first place and put us in the garden for the purpose of being in relationship with us. So relationships are extremely important to him. Mm -hmm. And so we're meant to stay connected to him through Jesus. Yes. And if we can surrender to him, be obedient to him, then the fruit it produces is that healing and that recovery in a shattered marriage from sexual betrayal. We have to have the help of Jesus to be able to get through something like that. Yes. So, Johnny, this has been really wonderful. We threw out the outline. Yes. And just decided to have a conversation led by the Holy Spirit. And I think it was good. It was definitely good. Anytime you and I get the opportunity to talk through this and remember where we once were, it gives us hope for where we are and hope for tomorrow as we live each day, not forgetting the past, nor wishing to shut the door on it, right? Mm -hmm. We remember that it has become now a part of us. And for better, for worse, everything that has happened to us has made us who we are today. And each day we have the opportunity to surrender our lives to Jesus and yes. to each other. Yes. So I'm going to take the time right now and just close us in prayer. Okay. Father, thank you so much for this discussion that we've had. And we're so grateful that your Holy Spirit prompted us to throw out our outline and just talk. We're so grateful that uh, your Spirit moves in us and interacts with us and guides us. And it, it shows us that when we're obedient, that we can do wonderful things. And even if those wonderful things are just a simple discussion about what our new year looked like five years ago. So thank you, Father. We pray for all those who are listening to us today that they would find a new hope in 2024 through you. Yes. That they would find their way to abide in you, to find you for who you are and who they are in you rather than for what they do in this world. We ask, Lord, for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So friends, as you consider making New Year's resolutions, spend some time with the Lord first, asking Him for His will for what 2024 should look like for you and your marriage. And also consider getting Andrew Murray's book, Abide in Christ, and using it as a devotional with your spouse. We put the link in the show notes so you can pick up a copy for yourself. That's great. So as we wrap up today's episode, we just want to wish you all a very happy New Year and a prosperous 2024. Yes, go with God. Amen. So until next time, marriage is redeemed, hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who's going through a similar situation and needs to know they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.